mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Hey, check out my new tag team, baby, Money in the Foul. Hey, Jimmy, don't forget to tell them about Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Well, you know what I would, but you already did it. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh Show. Monty and Pharaoh, bro. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh Show. And you're watching the Monty and Pharaoh Show. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. 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 Monty and Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. And Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, is it Monty and the Pharaoh? Monty and Pharaoh. The Monty and the Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. To the Monty and the Pharaoh show. And it's Monty and the Pharaoh, baby. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh. What a run! Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Hey, cut the fucking music. When you want the best in professional wrestling, Long Island, there's only one place you're gonna get it, right here. Monty and the Pharaoh. <laughs> now, that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. That, my friends, is just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Monty and the Pharaoh. You've got the future Hall of Famer, that rocker, Marty Jannetty, MJ in the house, and I'm sitting here with two more future Hall of Famers, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're doing that stuff, and we're going to rock it. Welcome to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast out of Indie Music TV here out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island. At the board is our super producer, Matt. Matt, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. And you? Uh, we're doing fantastic. To my right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, my friend? What up, partner? Back you hurt, again. You hurt your back? Yeah, man, yeah, a little bit. I yeah. can handle myself, though, as we know, so don't worry You're about that. You're looking a little buff. Oh, thank you. All You're right. Nice. Isometrics, like Andrew Anderson said. You ain't kidding, man. That's right. Farrow, I'd like to thank the band that th sings the theme song for Monty and the Farrow, Aqua Cherry. They sing Straight to the Top, the Monty and the Farrow theme song. You could also catch their other songs, such as Yes, Yes, Forever and Seasons. Aqua Cherry's music can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Reverb Nation, or where music is sold. The outro music is done by our very own Mr. Jimmy Farrow with his partner Bart Griggs from the wonderful band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall has songs such as In My Dreams, our outro song, Not Far Behind. And you can catch them on Spotify, iTunes, and Reverb Nation. Monty and the Farrow, Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, can be seen on YouTube, Facebook Live on the Monty and the Farrow page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, RTF Sports Network every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m., Channel 115, yes, that's cable television. That's right. Tuesday, 8.30 at night to 9 p.m., the 
revised version of That's our right. Show. All sparkly and shiny. And every Saturday morning from 6.30 a.m. to 6 a.m. I got that wrong. Is it 6? Is it uh, six? Either way, this six. is when I usually pass out. 6 to 6.30 on Channel 115. Uh, real quick, before we get to our special guest, Jimmy and I would like to take a moment to show respect for the people who have lost their lives and the people in the front line during this time of crisis. All right, Will, we want to welcome our special guest, Hall of Famer, Pro Wrestler, WWE, NWA, WCCW, the list is long. Uh, before, before we get to that special guest, Mr. Tony Atlas, we're just going to take a quick commercial break. Be right back. Back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty DeFaro, seen every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV right here in Ron Conkerman, New York. Holy cow, I didn't think we were going to get to this guy. Mr. USA Tony Atlas, we have not seen him since the big event, which we worked the gimmick table at the M&P table with superstar, UWF superstar, Mr. Sonny Beach. Then Corona hit, and bam, here we are. Did you know that that was going to be our last meal, like normal meal, when we were, where did we go, Tony? We went, we went someplace to eat, and I didn't realize it'd be the last time I'd be sitting in public with other people. Tony, do you remember where we ate that day? He ate everything. I remember well, that. You took me to several places. One of the places was, uh, we get Susit, uh, uh, and uh, another place we went, we had a great burgers. Oh, how, there's oh, Zimburger, yeah. right? That's yeah. Right. Yeah, they're fantastic, yeah. the best hamburgers I've ever had in my life. I mean, <laughs> nice, thick, juicy burgers, you know, great atmosphere. Wonderful, wonderful. Long Island got a lot of uh, great restaurants, you know, where you go and eat food. I- I'd be glad when things get back to normal so I could go, go and out. <laughs> so, my, wait a minute, you had, you had w- wonderful sushi, you had tons of octopus. Yes. Yeah. You had really? Zimburger, which was incredible. Yeah. Right. I think we ate at Boston Market. We had that's, ribs and chicken. Yeah, the Boston Market. Yeah. That's right. And guess what? Corona hits, and then you have a deli sandwich today. <laughs> <laughs> you got a deli sandwich? Yeah, that's what he got. A wow. deli sandwich. Some antipasta. You did all right. Pastrami with mustard and sauerkraut. You did all right. I had two peanut butter yes. sandwiches today. He's getting a deli sandwich? I was going to bring him to La Familia. Get him a little chicken parm, okay. some spaghetti. And he, he was getting angry. Did you see He's his, like, I got to eat. Did you see his oh, face was... when he walked in here tonight? Tony! Yeah, you, we're at our new studio, Indie Music TV, a real TV station. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, what are you thinking? This station is the tower of power. Too oh. sweet to be sour. Oh, my God. Imitative, but never duplicated. Nice. Wow. He was pretty impressed. So if you compare it to that other station. What? Uh, not even close. Not even close. No, this is so top, if, if this is a tower of power. This is the top of the mountain, and that is the fat, <laughs> the, the bottom of the basement. It is a little Ooh. bit. It's like moving from the basement of, of somebody living in a, a basement apartment, and all of a sudden you move. Like, like the, the Jeffersons. Well, like the Beverly Hills. 
You know, oh, a hillbilly. You're going to call us hill. All right. Cabin, you got the log cabin out in Tennessee somewhere, and then all of a sudden you move to the big mansion. He gave Beverly us a honky Hill. analogy. You're going for the Jeffersons, and he gives us the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. So it's like, well, how does it go? Like, the Beverly Hillbillies like, yo, bro, don't what? leave. And then we're like, up. No, that's cheat and charm. <laughs> that is cheat and charm, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh <laughs> Enough of that. Enough joking aside. Yeah, please. Tony, you're looking great. Thank you, my friend. What are you doing to protect yourself against corona, my friend? Well, like I, uh, I was pretty lucky. I was raised in a generation where the parents was in charge of my diet, not the kids in charge. So if, if all y'all my age or younger, remember your mom always said, eat your veggies. Mm. Well, there's a reason for eating veggies. 50% of the human... Uh, body should consume uh, 50% should be fruit and veggie. 30% veggie, 20% fruit. What that do, it build one immune system. They had not the coronavirus, but they had virus on this earth for many years. In 1918, the virus hit mm-hmm. hit the world and killed 50 million people. One of the reasons why some people catch it and some people don't, it all boils down to your immune system. Mm. See, God gave every animal protection. And we got what we call an immune system, an antibody that, that, that fights any, any uh, cold, flu, or anything that hit us. But, but when your immune system falls, then you become more acceptable to diseases. And, and most, if you at, look at most people, people don't eat veggies no more. You see, veggies is where you get your your your, uh, your vitamins, your minerals, your enzymes. So so really, Americans are, are, are overweight and undernourished. They they vitamin they have vitamin deficiency. So if you increase your immune system, it gives you a chance where, where your body could fight back. And most people's body are not strong. That's why it hurts the the elderly more so. And then now they found out it's not just elderly. A lot of young kids are catching violence because young kids, if you look at an average child, that when they eat, they eat nothing but macaroni and cheese. They eat pasta. They eat bread. They eat uh, protein. And very few kids eat veggies because the parents put the, the menu in the hands of the child, not in the hands of the parent. In my day, when my parents used to tell her, eat your veggies, eat your veggies. And that's why America grew up to be big, strong people. And you notice now the people today don't look like the people that did, even in the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. When you look at guys in my, in my day, how big and strong and rugged looking they are, mm-hmm. compared to the guys that they got now, they're not as big, they're not as strong looking. You know, you got records like Ken Patero set a record back in the 70s that nobody broke. I hold the main state bench press record right now today. Nobody broke it. Because you don't have the same type of people today that you had then because most of us are undernourished. So nutrition is the way to fight this virus. You got to be healthy and you build your immune system up. And, and, and you go on the computer and they tell you all the food you eat to help rebuild your immune system. Mm-hmm. But people don't eat veggies. Is and it, if you don't eat veggies, you're going to be immune to a lot more illness and a lot more sickness I, in the future. Tony, obviously. But this is not going to be the last uh, virus no. that hit us. No. It's not. I mean, you obviously look fantastic. Is it exclusively diet? Is it the combination of diet, exercise? How about mental wellness? How about, you know, positive thinking? Does this all come into play? Well, well, well you see, your food got a lot to do with your with, with your mental capacity. Fair. Like, for example, if you're on a sugar high, 
Sugar lifts you up real high. Mm-hmm. Then it drops you twice as low as you were before you took the sugar, which makes you moody. So that's what the Twinkies are doing. That's well. People what be, the yeah, frick? Don't eat moody. Twinkies. Oh, the body, the, yeah, the body is starving for that sugar high. Okay. It's kind of like, like a cocaine addict. You know, you know he's fantastic while he's sniffing. Mm-hmm. Why he got his, you know, got his dope. He's fantastic. But as soon as he started running out of it, that's when, yeah, the, yeah there's a coming down that called the, 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 the wrestling. And that's why kids are so uh, irritable now because the mother give them all that. See, when you give a child macaroni and cheese, you know where you give them sugar. Because macaroni and cheese, it, it, it's carbohydrate, which, which is glucose, which turns the sugar in the body. So mm-hmm. it hypes, hypes these kids up. They're running, they're running 100 miles per hour, and then they go from 100 miles an hour down to 10 miles an hour in a matter of suckers and make them moody. But if you eat the right food, that there's food to, to help stimulate the brain, to, to build the bones, to build the joint, God put everything on earth for man to keep man healthy. And it's up to man to look out, look out, uh, uh, look up these things to keep himself healthy. How much have... Uh... Like even Farrell noticed, he, I mean, uh, Monty told me that day, he said the reason things are like that is because people, uh, uh, genetics and immune system are not as strong as they were in the older days because our, our eating habits have, have, have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. When we ate in the older days, we ate fresh food. I asked Nikolai Volkov one time, I said, what is the, the main thing you had to get used to about living in America? And I was surprised by his answer. He told me, getting used to eating stale meat. You buy a steak, bright red. When they tell you to wash your food off before you cook it, right? You take that steak and you stick it underneath the water. Right away, it turned brown. Yeah. It's not fresh. It's hard to get fresh meat. Mm. Because, like, let's say you buy ham. That ham was killed in April in North Carolina, and you got it on your table six months later in Maine. I'm going to stick to Twinkies. <laughs> this sounds terrible. I don't want a, a, a ham from April. Have you ever eaten a Twinkie in your life? Yeah, yes. you have. Get yes, out. You have. you have? Oh, yeah. A whole box, too, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. I eat sweets. He got the munchies. Yeah, but it's a Twinkie, dude. Like, who eats a Twinkie? What? Twink is good as hell. I eat Twinkies. Dude, you know how long it takes for a Twinkie to rot? Like, if you put it... Now I'm not going to want Twinkies. It takes, like, 40 years for a Twinkie to, like... Is that what they removed during my surgery? Well, I'll tell you... I'll tell you, when I eat a Twinkie and I blew it out my butt, it felt like... (laughs) It only been there overnight, but it felt like it had been laying around for 100 years. That's a good thing you didn't have some shockadiles. I don't know. We were were doing that virtual uh, meet and greet, and I smell a few Twinkies while I was was in the room with you. But you see, what I said, as long as as 50% of your diet is is fruit and veggies, you know, there's room in there for... Twinkies, they're room in there for protein, they're room in there for carbohydrate. They did, I just say half of what you eat, 50%, should be fruit and veggie. It's a balance. You know, nobody could go strictly on just fruit and veggie. Nobody mm. could go strictly right. on just protein and carbohydrate. Right. A, a, a human, always think of a human body as a, a car. Yeah. Most people that get a car, they just put gas in it. They just keep putting gas in. One year later, they get a little knock under the hood. They don't know what it is. Well, they ain't changed the oil in a year. <laughs> so so it mess, it mess with the motor. Right. Some people, they, 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 on a hot day, they turn the air conditioner on. The air conditioner ain't working too good. They didn't put no antifreeze in it. One day you're driving down the, the, the interstate, all of a sudden the car overheat. 
you didn't put no anti, you didn't put no antifreeze in. You didn't put no freon in it for the air conditioner. You know, a, a, a car. My mother had a saying: anything, anything you don't want, if you don't want it, just don't take care of it. You won't have it long. <laughs> you know, if anything totally you don't right. want. That's, and, and so what happened? So wait a minute, you're trying to tell me if I don't pay attention to my wife, she'll divorce me? <laughs> What are you Your wife doing? is a wonderful woman. Leave her alone. <laughs> She'll come down here and kick the crap out of you. Are, you are like the biggest fan of my wife. No, no, because one thing I learned by being old, you You're got old? two. When it comes to women, that's like twenty guys. All you men, all you men out here, if you want to have a happy wife, happy life. Okay, it is better to be happy than to be right. Okay. It's true. I'm following this. Yeah, I'm following Be right this. or be happy. I chose to be happy. <laughs> He's right. So, <laughs> women, women <clears throat> always win. I have never won a fight with a woman and ain't going to start Did you try to try to win. Maybe if you press them? I can't even press no. slam them, no. no. Tony. I can't <laughs> head butt up. I can't press slam. I can't drop kick her. Tony, we, last week we took a lot of heat for some comments off the dark side of the ring about we, the Owen Hart tragedy. Did? Yeah, we did a little bit. Yes. Um, yes. Do you have any thoughts or any kind of inside info about Owen Hart or the the, the night of his death? Uh, the best thing I, I could, that I came out of, you know, everybody comes out things with without something different. The most, the Owen Hart incident and the Bruiser Brody incident to me was similar in this respect. When I came back, after taking Brody to the hospital, when I came back to the dress room, all the wrestlers was laughing and joking like nothing happened. A person died, was murdered right in front of them, and it went unnoticed by the wrestler. All they didn't wrestle were thinking about was their match. When Owen Hart fell to his death, the show went on. Mm. Back in the dress room, nobody was talking about Owen Hart's death. All they were talking about was how great their match was. In wrestling, is the strangest, is different than any sport in the world. Boxing probably is the closest to it. Because wrestling is an individual sport. You don't have friends in wrestling. You have business associates. Mm. It's a dog, as MacDonald Vachon would say, wrestling is a dog-eat-dog sport, and you have to get your bite out of it. Right. Look at how many wrestlers died over the years. And you hear guys walking around acting like nothing happened. Right. They're not missed by none of the wrestlers. Hmm. The fan missed them. When Piper died, the fan missed Piper, but not the wrestlers. Mm. Piper family missed him, but not the wrestlers. The show must go on. So to these guys, when, when one wrestler is not around, there's more room for them. Are you conditioned to There's be... a lot of wrestlers thinking, we'd like to say when a, when a wrestler died, oh, great, let me... I, I can get all of his bookings mm. because you're an individual sport. See, Tony Atlas is not a person. Tony Atlas is, is a company. Tony White is the owner and founder of Tony Atlas. Huck Hogan is not a person. That's his company. Right. So when you, when you get into wrestling, you're going to never hear a wrestling call it wrestling. Every wrestler you ever met, they say, welcome to the business right wrestling is a business but it is a bunch of independent subcontractors that work together to form one company just like Marty he, uh, he could have six wrestlers here 
He got six companies here. Mm-hmm. I didn't know none of this during my career. I learned all of this after my career. You know, when I when it was really when it couldn't do me no good. I wish I know. You ever hear those say? I wish I know then what I know now. If I had treated Tony Atlas more like a company than a person, but see, Hulk Hogan was smaller. Hulk Hogan knew that that his gimmick and everything was a company, and he treated it like a company, right. not like a person. Right. And that's why he was more successful, and he he knew how to market uh, uh, market Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. He didn't just market it in the wrestling world. He marketed it in the movie world. He marketed it in commercials. He marketed mm-hmm. it in, in, in a reality show. He, 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 he knew how to market himself, how to sell. Because Terry Bowling means nothing. That's the person. Right. That's the founder and owner right. of Huck Hogan. So he had to promote his company. So how successful a wrestler becomes, it d- depends on how good of a, a businessman he is. It's all it's business. They always ask you here the many times. I'm sure you and Marty hear this. Welcome to the business kid. Mm-hmm. They don't call it wrestling. They call right. it the business. I never understood that. I wasn't in it. So no when more. so when people blame uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. for bring, continuing the show, you're telling me the wrestlers wanted to continue on anyway. Then that is like blaming President Bush for Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> Same okay. thing. What did Vince had to do with that? Nothing. Accident happen all the time. If I run off, if my car run off the road, what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna blame Marty because he booked me for the show. Yeah, you know, no accident happened. You, you, we all look for someone to blame for, but a lot of time, a lot of things happen because of something we did. Sometimes a person could be their own best uh, and worst enemy. You know, it depends on yeah. what we do, yeah. what type of condition we were in while we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Just like, I'm not saying he did, so don't, I don't want nobody out there say, oh, Tony had to say this about my buddy. I didn't say that. What, you Let's didn't say, say that, example, you didn't say it was Owen yeah, Hart was high? Well, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know his condition. I, you know, I wasn't there when gotcha, it happened. Gotcha, right. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know his condition. But I said, let's suppose, suppose right. that he were. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if, if you on cloud nine and you... 20 feet in there, something bad going to happen. Yeah. It's like if you, if you drink 20 beers and get behind the wheel of your car, something's going to happen. So when you're dealing with certain things, that could have happened with anybody. Like the guy that raised them tagger, he raised that tagger, the guy's in Vegas. What were the two brothers there? Oh, uh, Sigmund and Roy. Right. Oh, yeah. Not in a thousand years that he figured that a, 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 a animal that he raised from a cub up mm-hmm. will attack him. Right. You can't blame the guy that booked the show. Right. You can't blame the tagger. Tagger is a tagger, right. you know. Sometimes things just happen unexpectedly. I'm very sure that Vince McMahon wished it never happened. I, I'm sure, I agree. I'm, I'm very sure that, 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 that he – but the show was still must go on. Agreed. Tony, uh, I want to stay on the subject of the dark side of the ring. You know, we've had you in several times in the past, and we've – We've actually purposely stayed away from the Bruiser Brody subject, but tonight I wanted to know, can you give the fans any closer insight about that night that you may not have... I'm sure you've been asked this a thousand times. Is there anything that you may want to disclose that we may not know about the stabbing of Brody? And I would really like to get your personal feelings about Carlos Colon. I'm going to go ahead and and do this, and you can pick and choose what you hear now that you felt like you didn't... You probably heard it then, but didn't quite... uh, 
You know, sometimes you watch a movie and you miss something, then you sure. watch it again. And mm-hmm. say, oh wow, you know, I, I just noticed that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just by telling the story again helps a great deal. The it was so strange with me and Brody. Me and Brody been known each other since the seventies. I first met him. Uh, he was working in Amarillo, Texas. And he just got through playing college football and everything, and uh, we worked together some then. We worked all over, but then I went to. Uh, Von Erk territory in Texas mm. and uh, I went in as the black Superman that's when I first started wearing the Superman suit and George Scott was the booker when George Scott left and, and left Brody as the booker Brody said Tony uh, George Scott said don't worry Brody gonna take care of you one week after Brody took the book he didn't book me for no shows he didn't book, at that time, the Dingo Warrior for no show. Hmm. With a Dingo Warrior working back and forth between Japan. Just in case fans don't know, Dingo Warrior ended up being the ultimate warrior yeah, in the WWE. Yeah, he became the ultimate warrior. Right. Yes. But at that time, he was the Dingo Warrior. And, uh, and he was working back and forth between Japan and, and uh, uh, world-class wrestling. And a brother left us at home. One day, I got so, the brother called me and said, Tony, I got your book. So I went down to Fort Worth, Texas to do the TV because I figured, you know, if they were, because I was traveling back and forth out of Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico was the only place I could wrestle because Vince had blackballed me everywhere else. Mm. So the only place I could work during that year was uh, uh, world-class wrestling and Puerto Rico. So I was going back and forth in Puerto Rico. So when I got there, uh, Brody said, well, I made a mistake, you're not booked. So I got so pissed off. And you can ask, some of the guys that was around during that time, I challenged Brody to a fight on the parking lot. I invited him out in the parking lot. Nice. And then a the guy came up, Earl, his name was Eric Brazier or something like that. Eric Embry? Embry. Eric, Eric Embry. Embry. Look Eric Embry. Look at you. Woo! He was there. He was there. Florida. So you talk, yeah, if you talk Eric to Embry. Eric Embry, you ask him about that. So I wanted to fight Brody. So I called out the parking lot. Earl Embry came out and said, Tony, you better leave. They called the cops on you. What? And I said, F the cop. They mm. should told him, okay. these cops will shoot you. Ooh. Get in your car. Get the fuck out of here. I got in my car. I left. I didn't see Brody anymore until I, I was. he came back. He came to Puerto Rico. So he was there for the whole week. I didn't say nothing to him the whole week. Finally, we was in the gym working out. Brody walked over to me. I laid the waist down. I figured we're going yeah. to go at it. Oh, boy. He held his hand out to me. He said, Tony, I'm sorry for what happened to you in Texas. I had nothing to do with that. He said, the reason that they got rid of you and the reason that they will not book the Warrior is because both of y'all got butter physique than Curry Von Erich. Oh. See, Curry was in an accident. He 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 he, uh, he, on his, he, he wrecked. Uh, he was in a, 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 a auto accident, and he lost one foot, so he was out of, out of the, the scene for a while. Mm-hmm. So now he's coming back. Well, you know, Kerry had a great physique too. Yeah. So they, so so the Ultimate Warrior was lucky. He went to Vince and became the Ultimate Warrior. I went to Puerto Rico. So after me and Brody, we talked to everything. He said, "But I promise you, Tony. I promise you, things would be different here." He said, "I waited a long time to get in down here." Now I knew then he wasn't talking about wrestling because he'd been wrestling there for years. Promoting. He bought in. He mm. gave them money mm. to 
he bought some of the territory. He bought some shares. So who well, shares? Who shares did he take? From what I hear, I'm not for sure because I'm not in the office. I hear he took Gorilla Monsoon. Wow. Shares because Monsoon has shares in there. So he bought, I think, it was Monsoon share. Now you talk to Abdullah the Butcher, a lab piece of shit. He's gonna say it didn't happen, <laughs> but 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 that's but that's him. He got to live with that. So anyway, we shook hand and everything, <laughs> and, and then we left. We went back to the hotel. Well. I went upstairs, showered and everything, got dressed, and I told the guy at the gym because he wanted. He said, "I saw." He said, "I never saw you wrestling." He said, "I'm coming tonight to watch wrestling." I said, "You want to get in free?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "Why don't you give me a ride to the to the arena? That way you can get in free, and then later on we go out and get some paella. Paella is like rice and with seafood in it. Okay, very good. Okay, and uh, he, he said, "Oh, great." He said, "I know a great place make the best paella." So he said, "You man, if I bring my." My wife alone. At that time, was his girlfriend. I said, no, go ahead. So the guy pulled up to get me. I came out of the, the uh, hotel. It was called the, uh, uh, the Tanama. Mm. And Brody and Dutch Mantel was sitting on the steps. So I said, Brody, why are you staying here? I said, I'm, I'm always late. How come you late today? He said, I'm waiting for Jose to pick me up. Now, man, you out there, fat. Jose is the man that murdered him. He was waiting at the hotel for his murderer. Mm. He had no idea. They rode together all week. They rode together the whole week. So Brody had no idea. So I got in the uh, back seat, me and Dutch Mantel, sat in the back seat. Uh, the bodybuilder, the guy that owned the gym, uh, I think they called it the, the muscle factory or something like that. The, okay. muscle the girl slid over to the center, and Brody sat in the front seat because he's so big, <laughs> he couldn't fit in the back. So me and Dutch had to get in the back seat. Mantel would tell the same story. He was there. So we get to the building, and as y'all know, I do artwork. So Mark and Jay Youngblood had contracted me to do a, a picture for them. So I was putting the finishing touch on the picture. Bruiser Brody walked over to me and said, wow, I didn't know you drew like that. He said, that, that looked just like them guys. He said, I had pictures done of my son before, but it was character draw with the big head and a small body. He said, can you do one of my boy for me, my son? Be, you know, I said, I can have it done for you. I said, I'll be finished with this one in about a few minutes, and I get started on yours now. I said, give me the picture. I start on it now. I said, we got another week here. Before the week is out, I have your picture done for you. He said, what I owe you for? I said, I said Not, nothing, brother. I said, you know, I, 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 I just like, I like to draw. You know, I said, I don't charm my friend. So Brody said, said okay. So as, as, as he reached in his pouch to get his picture, by then, Jose, who, who uh, I, I skipped the part. When me and Brody first walked in, Carlos Colon, Victor Jerica, and Jose, the murderer, they were sitting like in a football herd. When Brody came through the door, they all did this. Like they saw a ghost. Jose got up, left out of the dressing room. Didn't pay no attention. I went down and started doing my drawing. So Jose come back into the dressing room. He had a towel over his hand. And he came up to Brody. He said, Brody, can I talk to you, por favor? Por favor is Spanish for please. Mm -hmm. Very nice, very relaxed. Very respectful. So Brody, very nice, turned around and go, okay. And Brody turned, and I was reaching to get the picture. So like I said, the picture was coming. I almost had the picture in my hand. And then when Jose called it, Brody turned. But he still had the picture in his hand. Mm. 
and Jose walked in front of Brody into the shower. Brody walked in behind uh, Jose. As soon as Brody stepped in the shower, this is what I hear. Uh, uh, <laughs> just like that. Mm. I looked up. When I looked up, Jose raised the knife in the air like this. I sprung from my seat, grabbed Brody around the waist. I pulled him back. When I pulled him back, the the knife came back, cut off some of his ponytail. Mm. I went to grab Jose. I'm holding Brody with one arm, trying to hold him up, and trying to sucker punch this this bastard mm-hmm. in the face. Carlos Colon cut me off. Grab Jose, push Jose up against the wall, and say, "No, Jose, no, Jose." So I went. The Brody looked at me and said, "Brother, I'm hurt. Don't let them." Real quick, Tony. Do you think no Jose meant that Jose was going to come try to stab you and he stopped him from stabbing you or was just, he was like. Was Cologne full of shit anyway? Cause... Let me tell you something. <laughs> I was as, as worried about Jose stabbing me as I was worried about getting pregnant. Okay. There you go. There's too much shit in the dressing room you can whack. Brody would never got stabbed if he had known. Mm-hmm. He would have took that knife from Jose and shoved it up his butt if he had known. Right. Brody had a picture of his son in his one hand, had his wrestling bag in the other hand. Oh, so you're thinking if he didn't grab he that picture from you, he might have been able to defend himself. Picture in my hand. Yeah. Brody is like, this is Jose. Uh-huh. Here's Brody. Uh-huh. He turned into him. Right. He right. turned and hit him. Right. Yeah. Brody never saw the knife. Never. Right. I tell you, it was in his. When Brody first laid out on his knife, it was in his stomach. Mm. He turned and hit him. I'm looking at he turned. I thought he punched him. Right. Cause Brody's so wild, you can't. I don't even. You can't even see Jose. Mm. But Brody would walk behind him. If you could pitch in your man, and all of a sudden you follow somebody, they just turn and stick you. How you gonna? What you gonna do? Right. So Carlos was more afraid of me getting hold of Jose. That's what he was trying to protect Jose, not mm. me. He killed red ass about me. Right. But anyway, make a long story short. So Brody said, I'm hurt, brother. Don't let them. He didn't say him. Right. He said them. Don't let them hurt me anymore. I said, Brody, don't worry about it. Ain't nobody going to do a fucking thing to you. So I laid him down on the floor. Carlos tried to talk to him. I told Carlos, I said, if you come over here, I'm going to knock your head right off your freaking shoulders. I said, if anybody come over here, I'm going to knock the head off the shoulder. So Carlos said, well, I want to talk to him. So Brody laying on the floor. He tugged on my pants leg like that. He said, let Carlos come. Carlos come over and asked Brody, say, anything I could do for you? Brody said, take care of my family. So then the ambulance came after about an hour and 45 minutes. Almost two hours he laid in the floor bleeding. Why so long? Because it was the beginning of the show, and okay. all the fans was coming in. Okay. So this was at the beginning of the show. So at them, them days, the arenas used to be packed. Right. So the ambulance had a long time getting there. Well, they didn't rush either because they come to the show before. They would think it's a regular because the people they saw was an elderly lady and an old man, and they couldn't lift Brody. So the the guy, one of the guys said, "Can somebody help us lift him up and put him on the ambulance?" So I went over, and I stuck my hand under him. I squatted down so I could lift the the girl up, and Brody said, don't you drop me. And I said, brother, I curl more than you weigh. <laughs> so he got a little smile on his face, so I put him on the ambulance. Then, as we was leaving, 
the guy turned again. They say anybody wanted to go to the hospital with him. Every wrestler in that dressing room turned their head. Right. They turned around. Yeah. I got on the ambulance. I'm on the back. And it was this Mexican guy who was called Hercules somebody. I can't remember his name. He had a son, Miguel Perez, that used to wrestle with Hercules Ayala? No, not Ayala. His name was uh, Miguel Perez was, was his son. Okay. Okay. Perez. Okay. And he's called Hercules. He had like a V-shape. He wasn't very big, maybe about 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I saw him, and I was very strong in them days. I grabbed him by the in them belt. Days. Yeah, in them I days. I grabbed him by the belt. I drug him on the ambulance. He said, Tony, don't get me involved in this. Don't get me involved in this. I said, all I want you to do is interpret for me. I couldn't speak Spanish. I said, I just want you to tell them what I what I say. He said, okay. And I kept holding him. He kept trying to get off that ambulance. I, but, but once we got on the interstate, he kind of stopped mm. trying to jump off right, the ambulance. Yeah. yeah. So we get to the hospital, and they put Brody in there, and uh, he was laying on the table. And I'm waiting for the doctor. Nobody coming. So finally I saw a doctor walk down the hallway reading a paper. I said, are you a doctor? He reads some paper or something. I said, you a doctor? He said, yes. I said, I got a, a, my friend got stabbed. The doctor walked over to the emergency room and opened up the door. In Puerto Rico, a stabbing is like a cold in America. Mm. The doctor ignored it. He turned to walk away. I grabbed that, that rascal by his waist and threw him up on my shoulder, just like this. I carry him in to Brody and set him down right in front of Brody. I said, you're going to look at my friend. So Brody had his hand over the cut. The doctor lift the cut. The doctor never saw nothing like that before. He said, oh, my God, we need to get him in operation right away. Mm. So they got Brody in operation. So I sat there for about an hour, hour and a half while they were doing the thing. The doctor came out. He said, your friend is stable. He said, he got two eight-inch cut. One cut his liver. One cut his intestine. We got the intestine fixed. We're working on a liver now. He said, but we would recommend you go home because everybody in this hospital is scared of you. He said, you got everybody so nervous. He said, I'm afraid that you're going to cause more harm than good. Mm. Why don't you come back in your morning? I said, you sure he's okay? He said, your friend going to be okay. He, we got him stable. His blood pressure, everything is stable. So I left and I went to the back to the uh, the building. When I got back to the building, I, I'm walking toward the dressing room. I hear, hey, 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 ha, 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 hey, great match. The blood <coughs> is still wet on the floor. Mm. Ain't even dry yet. The guys was laughing and joking about, about, um, Talk about their matching. I got pissed off. I wanted to beat up everybody in the dressing room. Mm. Carlos come over to me and said, Tony, Go to the ring. The Sheik is waiting for you. you, you, you uh, do your match so, so you uh, you can go back and see Brody later. So I went in the ring. I wrestled with the Iron Sheik. The Sheik said, brother, what happened with the Brody? And I said, Jose stabbed him. Jose, Gazala stabbed the Brody? I go, yes. Fuck this. Let's go. So all we did in that match, if you ever see that match, we locked up. He said, give me head, butt, brother. I head butter, sheet rolled out the rank, went back to the dressing room. We didn't even give him a match. I get back to the dressing room. A policeman is standing there. He said, oh. He said, we just left the house, but they told me we left, went to the hotel, we were looking for you. And I, he said, you the only one that have not gave a statement. You the only one that have not gave a statement. He said, "What? do you know what happened? I said, yes. He said, what happened? He said, I said, that, I got, y'all excuse my language. 
I said, that son of a bitch right there stabbed him. He said, you mean Vader? Because he was, I said, the invader. invader. I said, yeah. yeah, that son of a bitch right there stabbed Brody. I, I was looking right there. He said, how is that possible? And I said, why? He said, everybody, everybody in the dress room that I interviewed said that a wrestling fan did it. Mm. So they already had made the story up while I was gone or what they're going to tell the police. So the, I went back to my hotel room and uh, what's his name? Savio Vegas. Savio Vega? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He was mm-hmm. wrestling then as TNT. Mm-hmm. He was there with my bag. He said, don't go to your room, Tony. They're looking for you because you're talking. Oh. If you ever talk to Savio Vega, I always shake his hand. He saved my life. They was waiting for me up in my room. Mm. They were going to kill me. So I walked the beach the whole day. Finally, the next morning, I said, screw it. If they up there, we're going to batter. I said, I ain't going to let no, we're going to batter if they're over there. When I got there, one of the uh, seekers said, come on, brother. We're having a meeting in Abdullah, the butcher room. Now, Abdullah on the dark side said there was no meeting. You asked Seeker, there was a meeting. You asked uh, 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 Dutch Tail, there was a meeting. You asked anybody but Abdullah the Butcher, there was a meeting. Why would he lie? What's he got to get? I think because he got shares in it. And he was the one that called for the meeting. And he don't want Carlos to know that he bore, that, that he got the boys to boycott the, the week. Because it wasn't for Abdullah calling that meeting. Because Abdullah and Brody was good friends. And, and we boycotted the the week. Nobody would wrestle for him no more that week. And it was our way of standing up to him, bullcotting it. So after the meeting, uh, the guy said, well, somebody need to go to, uh, one of the wrestlers said, well, somebody need to go and tell the police what happened. And uh, everybody said, well, I didn't see it. I wasn't there. Dutch Mantel said, well, I left out of the dress room. I didn't actually see it. When I came back, it was already done. And uh, I was, said, I Was go. Dutch telling the truth, or, did he, or is he just like he didn't want any part of it? Uh, I didn't see him leave the dressing room. Okay. I didn't see him leave. I didn't see him come in. Mm-hmm. He said it, but I didn't see it. I got I, you. I can't, I can't uh, t- talk to that because I was drawing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Seeker, which, uh, for people who don't know who Seeker is, Seeker is the father of Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And if you look at a picture of Seeker, look up, they look like twins, right? Yeah. He looked just like his dad. Yeah. So Seeker said, I go with you, brother. So I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you got Seeker, mm-hmm. if, if y'all really knew Seeker in his younger days, mm-hmm. you ain't need nobody else. Right, right. I mean, Seeker and Alpha were pretty big. Peter Mavillas and large. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Seeker, Seeker was powerful, big, strong, powerful Samoan. So he went with me. I gave my report. I asked the policeman, I said, if I come and try, can I have protection? He said, once you get to the uh, courthouse, we can protect it. Outside, we can't. He said, we don't have enough manpower to do that. I said, well, I got a 357 Magnum I'd like to bring along with me. He said, that's okay with me as long as you can clear with the airline. I called the airline. The airline said, as long as I check it. I can't carry it all. Yeah. I have to check it with my luggage. And you have to fill out some paper to say you got a, mm-hmm. a weapon. So I said, okay. Y'all did. I gave him my address, gave him everything. I've got to the airport. I sat at the airport. And back in them days, you didn't have to make reservations. If you got cash. The moment you could buy a ticket with cash. You just, just throw the money on the table, they right. get your ticket, get to play. And I didn't hear no more about Brody until after the trial. I saw it on TV. That's after how I was a trial. After the trial. I never received how anything. on How on earth? You're the one eyewitness. Well, you see. How does Tony Atlas not wind up taking well, see, the stand and well, putting well, this guy well, where well, he well, belongs? Me and Marty talked about this 
earlier, when you have political power and wealth, mm -hmm. people kind of fall in line with what you want. To them, Brody was just a big white American. Carlos Colon was the heartbeat of that island. Mm -hmm. He was the most popular thing on that island. You know? He's the Bruno of that island. I got you. He was the Bruno I got you. Carlos Colon, murderer? Well, he didn't do the murder. Consp conspired to murder. What says Tony Atlas? That's a good question. Seriously. You're on the spot, I, Mr. Atlas. Tony. But see, if I'm the type of person I don't like to speculate. I only like to talk about what I could prove and what I could do. If I call that man a murderer, he'd take me to court, how am I going to prove it? Understood. Now, you did say I something interesting I, I, earlier, I, I, I though. You said it. you were afraid that they were after you. And you that, felt you... Who's I they? Kept, is, it term, is it Carlos? Is it... Is it? I kept hearing the term, both from uh, Brody, when he was dying, he said, don't let, don't let they, don't let them hurt me anymore. Them. Mm. He said them. Then, when uh, Savio Vega came to get me, he said, they are looking mm. for you. In both incidents, they used the term they, which gave me the impression that there was, it was a conspiracy. See, what I think would happen, I'm, I'm giving my opinion on this, because I listened, I watched some of the dark side, and I hear one of the guys say that Brody said he's going to get his money back even if he got to beat the hell out of him. Mm. So, and then I hear that Carlos Colon had gambling decks. Now, there's something that's not here at the airport. There was a guy at the airport sitting with me. He would go back and forth. He was a nurse's assistant, CNA. And uh, he said, man, I'm sorry about what happened to to your buddy. I said, yeah. I said, the doctor, I said, they should sue the hospital. He said, they had a guy stay. He said, no, it wasn't the hospital. I said, it wasn't. He said, no. He said, two seconds after you left, two seconds. He said some security people came and told us, stop working on the wrestler. Mm. They went to the hospital and finished the job with this guy, this orderly. Is that what you call him, orderly? Yeah. He told me that. He was there. So let me ask you, have you ever, after this is all said and done and you're you know, you're still you're still wrestling, you ever run across Carlos Colon again? Yeah. Yet? And what's your feelings there? Are you just How like, awkward is that? Or is it I just, just the, business, it. the business just made you... Well, see, indifferent after. I don't mean I don't mean to bring race into it, but okay. me being a black man, I can't do what other people do. Okay, I can't. Carlo is rich and powerful. I'm a poor old black man. Whatever happened, they're gonna blame me. Mm. I can't do what they do. Like me and Tommy Wildfire Rich go out and get drunk and miss a show. They fire me. They get put me Tommy World Champion. You understand? I, I learned that. A lot of people don't want to believe that's how the world. So you felt that, you felt helpless, kind I, of I, during I, this. I was helpless. Oh, I, that's you know, so okay. so so the best thing for me to do, I had nobody on my side. Okay. Even I noticed Brody didn't have one friend in the world, not one. Mm -hmm. Everybody turned it back on him mm -hmm. that day. Well, you know, let's be honest. Like, was it because he was a loner in the business? No, I mean, because what happened What happened in the wrestling world, when one wrestler is gone, like I said earlier, the way the other guys look at it, it's an open door for them. Who became the booker after man, Brody died? That's rough. You know who became the booker? Who? Gonzalez. No. Who? Who? Dutch Mantel. Uh-huh. 
a surprise there. He would have been next on my list. Wow. And he accepted it too. So even though he knows this guy's murdered, but you see, wow. we could go back to what you told me about Ooh, Brody coming up to you and go, "Hey, well, Tony." The same thing. The same thing that Warren Hart. How many guys left Vince because of it? Nobody. That's wrestling. And we pointed out Owen's. Owen said, "All you guys are friends." Mm. And we used to get mad about them because we knew we all was not friends. A guy mm. called me on the. Uh, we did a thing on the on, on the internet today, and a guy uh, 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 called me today, and I told him that wrestlers are not friends; they business associates. Mm. The first time I I never knew Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I seen him, I knew of him for twenty years, but never knew him one on one until we did Legend House. Mm. You know, remember we were saying that mm -hmm. me and Piper never spoke a word the whole time we were in the business until. Legend. And house. then you gave everybody pig's feet. Nice job, Tony. Yes. Yes. They were like, what is this? But, but that's the With a side of world. octopus. The wrestlers are not as close as yeah. you think they are. Okay. You know, look Understood. at when, when, when one wrestler leaves. Like, let's say me and you with the WWF. Mm -hmm. And we ride together. Mm -hmm. We party together. We do everything together for like five years. Okay. All of a sudden, I, I lose my job. Okay. All of a sudden, your phone don't work no more. Mm. Tony, who? So you understand? So, yeah, Tony. I'm, I'm following. Oh, you yeah. know what? That's, That's you, you really, you're moving into a good spot here. So, That's like, rough. all wrestling fans know the historic night when you and Rocky Johnson won the won the tag belts, right? Right. Many people that watch this show also know that the spot was originally meant for S.D. Jones. And, mm. you know, you had some problems, and mm. it kind of caused S.D. a spot. But from knowing you... You and SD are pretty close. Can you explain to the fans what kind of man SD Jones was? Underrated. Un in, in a real fight. In a real fight. Okay. SD Jones probably could whoop everybody there. <laughs> I used to go to the gym with <laughs> SD Jones, and SD, what was so strange about it, he could incline press more than he could bench press. Wow. Now, that's impressive. Do that. That's impressive. He's he could he could take four hundred and five pounds really? and do it ten times on the incline. Wow. We used to do curls, me and SD. SD used to take two hundred and twenty-five pounds and curl it. Mm. I was squatting six hundred. SD squatted six hundred. You were my training partner. Damn. Was SD a true friend? SD was definitely a true friend. So there are friends in wrestling, then. There are friends in wrestling. I tell you a story. I tell you. I tell you a story about SD. When Vince first kicked me out of wrestling, I went to. to I, I, I called Vern Gagne out in AWA. He said, "Yeah, I, I would love to have you in, Tony, but it's gonna be a month before I bring you in." So I checked into the Ramada Inn on Forty Ninth and Eighth Street. SD told his wife where I was at. His wife Kate and I talked to her quite frequently. Kate said, tell Tony to come here and stay. I don't want him. He ain't going to have no money left. He paid five, $600 a week at that hotel. Mm. He could come here and stay. Mm. So SD came and started packing my bag. I said, what are you doing? He said, Kate wants you at the house. Kate wants you at the house. We got to go. Got to go to the house. Kate, got to go to the house. There it is. <laughs> Kate wants you. Kate wants you. Yeah, that's what, what SD. And, and uh, so he's like, he's packing bag. So. I slept in his uh, in his son's room. His name was Jermaine. 
So they gave me his son's room to sleep in. Well, I didn't just lay around. I mean, I did yard work. I helped Kate around the house. One day, SD came home. He said, I think I've lost my job. I said, why is that, SD? He said, Vince Jr. told me this. If I don't get Tony Atlas out of my house, he's going to fire me. What? Why? And I said, what you tell uh, uh, Vince? He said, I, he said, I, he said, Tony, my friend, I can't do that to my friend. Mm. So I said, well, no, SD, I don't want you to lose your job for me. I said, I go back to the hotel. And uh, uh, luckily for me, SD, cousin, they call him Bigfoot. Because he had these, like, size 15 shoe. He was on, like, 6'4", but he had, like, a you know, size 15 <laughs> shoe. They called him Bigfoot. So he said, hey, you're only going to be here for about two more weeks. You come and hang out at my place for a couple of weeks, you know? And I said, okay. I said, I'll pay you. He said, no, just, you know, just help out with the food. He said, just pay for your own food. He said, I can't feed you. Right. He said, but it ain't going to cost me nothing for you to sleep on my couch. But, I, mm -hmm. you know, you just buy your own food. Mm -hmm. So I said, cool. So I left, and SD was able to uh, able to uh, uh, keep his job. You know, if you watch the whole thing, SD tell our, our, our story. What happened was I left. I walked out on Vince and went back to L.A. And I... Uh, and the same night, the same night that me and me and SD were going to be uh, win the world title from at that time Fuji and Saito, which would have been incredible. Yeah, and then the idea was to bring the Moon Dogs. They was in Japan at the time. Okay, bring them back. They were going to feed us for the belt. Okay. Now, to answer your question, then they were going to have me put me in singers to go against Backler to make me the first black world champion. But I wow. walked out on. That's why, that's why I didn't get the belt. Had nothing to do with Vince. Tone. I did that myself. You I, messed I, I up this 14-year-old kid's head, bro. I was all messed up. Yeah. I, had a, I had this big body, but nothing. nothing. I the light you. was on, but nobody Tony, we got to take a commercial break, but I need one thing answered that's always bothered me, and I want the truth. When Albano hits, I don't know if it was off of seek, over the head with that chair, was that chair gimmick? Or did they really take a wood no, chair? They, in the olden days... They didn't gimmick nothing. Wow. That was old school. They wanted the people to hear the sound. See, if you gimmick, you're not going to get that crack with oh, we heard break. it. You heard it, oh, yeah. Heard you it. have to. You, you, want, you don't get that with something that's gimmick. Those chairs looked old-fashioned, too. They looked like something you see on right. the Walton set. Those a, lot were... <laughs> of guys, a lot of guys used to do stuff like that back, uh, uh, yeah. back, uh, back in the day. Like, you ever hear of a guy you know, get juice? Some guys use a razor blade. Y'all mm -hmm. know that, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. But you ever hear the old term, do it the hard way? Yeah, Gene Ow. Anderson had a, a, a way up, and Harley Race could do it too. They could open you up with their fist. Harley could hit you mm. and cut you just with their fist. Yeah, Gene Anderson could do that too. He was Ole Anderson's partner called the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Yeah, Gene yep. and Ole Anderson. Yep. They could use their fist and open you up. Now a lot of guys would use the turnbuckle. There's a screw that sticks out about that far, mm. and they would. Hit your head on it and drag your head across it. Okay. They call that doing it the hard way. You, you, you and your career didn't take a lot of color, though, right? You, you didn't. Oh no, we, everybody got color back you, in them days. You had a lot of color. Color back in them days, you would never be a main eventer. Right. Yeah. Because, With... because most of the matches, most of the matches back in them days had color in it. People came to see the blood. If they didn't right. get no, if they had, a, if you had a wrestling match in 1975. And nobody bleed. Ain't nobody coming back. Right. See, what stopped the color was AIDS. Okay. Look at a picture. Okay. Look, look at picture of Bruiser Brody. Every picture, he got blood. 
Look at Dusty Road. Every picture got blood. Mm. There's pictures okay. of me on the internet with blood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, there's always pictures of wrestling with blood. Interesting. That was okay. that what drew, where the people saw the blood. And what we used to do, we used to we want the people to see the cuts. We would get right up to a person so they could see the open room. Mm. And I remember one time a guy told me, "Oh, that that's ketchup. That's not real." I would pull the band-aids off, smack it, and bleed right on him, right on him. And then they said it's real. Because our our job, we were wrestlers. We were not sports entertainer. Mm -hmm. See, the object of wrestling in my day, my day, was turning fantasy into reality. In other words, make the people believe that what you're doing for real. Sure. So we were what they call very stiff. Sure. Like none of the, we didn't pull punches. We laid in punches. We just know where to hit. The guys talked to uh, I. I hit Gene Anderson one day in the ring. He was one of the guys. Him and Gene and Ole helped train me. And Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp later started the Monster Factory. Mm -hmm. He also trained Bam Bam Bigelow. But I was I was Larry Sharp first student. People don't know that. Okay. So uh, one of, I hit Gene Anderson with a forearm. Gene said. You fucking cunt, you. With them big <laughs> arms you got, is that as hard as you can hit? I want to apologize for my language, but that's how these guys talk. Sure. I'm telling sure. you the way they said it. So I drew back, and I hit him as hard as I could hit him. He said, oh, yeah, that's how you do it. Lay them in, kid. That's what I'm talking about. Rick Fleur. Oh, wait, let's hold on, Tony. i got to just take a quick commercial break, and then we'll get right back okay. to you with Hall of Famer Tony Atlas. Stay tuned. You were going to talk about Ric Flair, Tony, but I got to jump into this. Andrew Anderson was in uh, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. He had a pretty close relationship with Jimmy Snuka. Yeah. Um, he says on the show that you told him that you were there that night. Did I what? That you were there that night. What do you know about that what, the situation? Nancy Argentina the Nancy Argentina. Now, who told you that I was there? Uh, Andrew Anderson said that on the show that you were there. How he he wasn't there. Uh, maybe maybe I misunderstood. What are your recollections of the Argentina? What Andrew Anderson meant to tell you, the the girl, my second wife, her name was Lisa. Okay. She was Jimmy's look a girlfriend before. She was my girlfriend. Oh. So I told Andrew Anderson what she told me. Okay. She was in the room when it happened. Okay. What happened was, this is what she told me and I told to Andrew. I wasn't there. Okay, so I stand corrected. I apologize. Well, not, and I apologize to Andrew Anderson no, also. He told you, but, but he... I might have misunderstood. So yeah, go ahead. I was telling the story about what really happened. I was not in the room when it happened, but the girl that I married to was in the room. What did in she fact, say? In fact, y'all don't know this, right before Schlucker passed away... The, the DA of Pennsylvania called me and tried to get a hold of Lisa. Mm. Mm. He tried to get a hold of her because she was an eyewitness to her. See, what happened was, this is what she said, back in the day the guy was doing the nose cannon, the cocaine, right? Sure. Slooker did an eight ball that day. That's three and a half grams. He did it that whole day. Hey. 
So at the end of the night, he ran out by nighttime. He told a girl to go get him some more. She went to get him some more. What Nancy, yeah, it's Nancy to go get more. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. With okay. Lisa. With Lisa. With Lisa. The guy won't sell him anything because it was after hours. He said it's took a hit on him. Mm. And she fell. I said, what you do? She said, she ran. And she said, that's why I came to you. She said, because I knew that he would not come after me when I'm with you. She said, all I want is my purse. She left her purse in the mm. room. Wow. Now, a week so before she that, came a to week you before that, that Tony, beat Tony, up. just he real, beat, Tony, real they fast. They called the cops on her a week before that. You know that, right? No, I did not. Yeah, wow. one week before that, he beat her up. He beat, I think it was in Poughkeepsie. Wait, is it no? That was where he attacked the dogs. That was way earlier, I thought. Right? Yep. No, a couple of weeks before he beat her up. Yeah, yeah. They called the cops on him. Yeah, yeah. So the night of the incident, your future wife asked you to go back with her to get the purse. No, this was later. She came. This back is later. Because there was, okay. Got, I just want to make sure it's not the Madison same night. Square, <laughs> Square Garden. Okay. Okay. But she was wondering if anybody did I hear about or anybody knew where her purse was at. Mm-hmm. So she told me all this after we had sex. I'm laying in bed with this woman, and she's telling me all this stuff, you know. Wow. I never told anybody. I stayed out of it. Right. I didn't go to the police. I didn't say because I was not a witness. It was all what's called back in the old days, called that hearsay. Mm-hmm. And I, finally, what happened was what the DA told me, that Slooker wrote a book. And so the guy, he bought the book, the DA that, that prosecuted that case, he bought the book. Because he knew that the case was going to be in it, so he could read to see if his if his name was in it. Mm-hmm. And when he read the story, he never heard that story before. Mm. So he went back and searched the, the court records and found out that they told one story at the trial, and there's another story in the book. That's why they reopened the case. Mm. So let me ask you, just your opinion, just your opinion. Did Jimmy Snooker kill Nancy Argentina? I don't want to do that. Okay. I don't want to do that. That's your right. Yeah. But for, according to what Lisa said, he hit her. He, and, he, and I said, I said, did he hit her hard? He said, she said, you ever seen the exorcist? Oh, like, man. Yeah. With the girl head turned around? Yeah. yeah. That's what he said. He said her head turned right around. Did you ever consider Jimmy she Snooker? She was dead before you hit the ground. Jesus. Did you ever consider Jimmy Snooker dangerous? Was this a shock no, to you to hear no, this? I mean, what was no. your feelings when you're hearing it? Well, you just got laid, so you've obviously... No, but no, not <laughs> a thousand years. Always nice, laid by... You know, always cool. Yeah, yeah. No, not in a hundred years, no. Oh, yeah. right, you so, know, when, when you... Drugs... Yeah. A, a drug could change a person. Especially that cocaine. stuff. Yeah, yeah especially sure. that when stuff. When you start with cocaine, right. I mean, it changed me. I mean, cocaine made me walk out on a world championship. Yeah. Okay. So cocaine can make yeah. you. Yeah. If, you know, you get drunk. Did you ever do an eight ball by yourself? I'm impressed no, that somebody no, could dead. do an eight ball by themselves. No, believe it or not, not, with me, I don't know why I, I did it. See, I could never drink as much. Okay. See, I had a 4% body fat. So I do this. I'm messed up. Mm-hmm. For the whole night. And in the morning, <laughs> I got muscle cramps. Oh. That's why I didn't make the show. Oh. See, drugs, if you don't have no body fat, it's nothing to absorb it. So it dehydrated my muscles because I had no body fat. You see? Right. So it dehydrated my muscles. I had serious uh, uh, muscle cramps 
And so I had to lay in bed the next day to recuperate. Every time I did drugs, I had to recuperate the next day. I couldn't do drugs and go perform that night. Right. I couldn't do drugs and perform the next day. Yeah. These guys could do it, go in the <laughs> ring, come back, do it, get up the next morning. They was, it was like their body was immune to I was what you call a jock. And the only reason I did it, because I wanted to be one of the boys. I wanted to fit in. So there was peer pressure with drugs in the scene. Only there because, was some. Well, see, but that was my decision to try to fit in. Because I had people like Chief J. Strongboat that told me to stay away from God. S.D. Jones, he said that He said that in the Hall of Fame. I tried to keep Tony away from them guys. There was always guys that tried to get trip you up. Like Mr. Fuji, even if you didn't do drugs, Mr. Fuji would give you a cookie. With LSD in it. Good old Fuji. Okay. Tommy. Good old Fuji. What did the fortune a, say on the inside? He would do that as a real. You're going to be true. Uncle Elmer, <laughs> Uncle Elmer would ask you, if you got, you said your back hurt. He said, hey, brother, I got a, a nice pain pill here for you. He, Uncle Elmer would give you a pill and sit back like this and look at you. You pop that pill and the room started spinning around. Guys would do that as a joke. Mm. Mr. Fuji would pee in a, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, uh, shampoo bottle. You know that, that Johnson shampoo <laughs> that was kind of brown, the brown? Yeah. He would fill half of it with urine, and he would go around there. Anybody want to use shampoo? Good shampoo. Want to use shampoo? Good shampoo. <laughs> Fuji fed a guy roadkill one time as a joke. Oh, no. That's took the... a dead dog off oh, the road, took it home now. and cooked it, and, and invited the rest Yo, over bro. and fed yeah, it Fuji, to Fuji was evil, dude. Yeah. Yo. Johnny Valentine, Johnny Valentine, one time a guy was dressed, <laughs> I can't remember his name, he had asthma, took the asthma stuff out, put lighter fuel in, the guy took the shit on These guys did this for real. Ronnie Garvin would come up behind you, we driving down the highway, Ronnie Garvin come behind you, put his front bumper against your back bumper, and started pushing you down the highway at 80 miles per hour. <laughs> to these guys, this was a real. They used to take guys out there, a mother gun and all them guys in Flair in Norfolk, they, they were hanging away with the KKK. Mm. They would get a black guy, they had a chair. They had floats on the side of it. And they would dope the guy, strap him to their chair, put him in the water in Norfolk, Virginia, and then put blood, chicken blood, in the water to draw the shark. What? And, and every time the shark come to bite the guy, they pull on the rope. What? Wahoo you McDaniel, guys are insane. You Wahoo realize McDaniel that. Wahoo McDaniel chased <laughs> Norville Austin down the highway with a shotgun, shooting at him. They did this for ribbon. It, to them, that was a rib. They didn't see that they were doing anything wrong. So wow. we're running out of time. So yeah. you're talking about old school wrestling. I got something for you. Okay. You're close friends with Mark Henry, I'm assuming, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, he made a statement about uh, about Leo Rush a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Leo, Leo Rush. Rush. Do you ever hear of Leo Rush? You know who that is? Leo Rush is an NXT wrestler who was in the Ring of Honor. Yeah. Honor wound up working at NXT yeah. for a little no, while. They made a shirt of him with a smiley face on oh, it. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And ever since now he's I been... know you're talking about. Yeah. So okay. Henry Henry said Leo Rush got released because he didn't work hard enough. Uh, Rush Rush posted a video of Henry mentioning those comments that he didn't pre- appreciate Henry talking about him. This number, he writes, this number isn't working. Unless you forget to pay your bill, maybe you need to budget your money a bit. Uh, don't even know why you're entertaining this. Keep my name out of your mouth, please. Yada yada yada. Uh, Leo Rush was also known. He's one of the guys that refused to carry the bags for the veterans. Also, 
He would prefer to do what now? Uh, you know, because you had told me when you were going through the industry, right? You would carry Dick Murdoch's bag. We were just yeah, talking about right. that today. Yeah. Leo that, Rush yeah. refused. He felt it was degrading um, to carry bags. So I guess the old school ways he wasn't interested in behind the scenes, the pecking right. order and, and earning your respect. He didn't seem to be very interested. And in a final answer. statement from Leo Rush to Mark Henry, and this is why African-American talent on the biggest platform will continue not to have equal opportunity because people like you consistently tear your own people down. A damn shame, honestly. Well, wow. this is what I told Mark Henry. <clears throat> I said, Mark... You are the first, the first black wrestler to work for the WWF or WWE that didn't fuck up. Interesting. Period. He was the first. He stuck in there. He hung in there. He made a good name for himself. Mm -hmm. He entertained the fans. He did what he was told to do. Mm -hmm. See, Mark understood that he got an opportunity to make life good for his family. He understands that it's a business. Wrestling is entertainment like a movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of guys with this degrading stuff, I think it would be more degraded for Mark Henry. All the guys that thought like, uh, what's that guy's name? Leo Rush. Leo Rush mm -hmm. never made it. No. People don't want to, they don't want that type of attitude. Mm -hmm. Mark Henry got the best attitude of any wrestler in the WWE. See? Is Mark Henry underrated in Vince your mind? took this, yes. Thank Vince, you. But you see, Mark Henry paid for us. Mark Henry made Vince trust black athletes again. See, Vince Sr. <coughs> loved Ernie the Cat Lad. Oh. Loved him. Yeah. In fact, Ernie, Vince Senior came to me and said, the reason that we booked you, Tony, is because you was recommended by my best friend, uh, Ernie the Cat Lad. Ernie Lad. He said, I don't care what people tell you. He said, if it wasn't for Ernie Lad, you would not be here. They had the utmost respect for Ernie the Cat Lad, who was a black man. Mm -hmm. I screwed up. Rocket screwed up. Yeah. JYD, he would have been as big as Hogan or anybody. But as, as all you know, he double screwed up. He did his job, but he got involved with mm. the drugs that messed his career up. Sure. Every black person that ever been in this business, people ask me one time, say, Tony, was there much racism in the business? I said, every black person I knew was a main eventer. JYD, Ernie Ladd, Rufus R. Jones, Thunderbolt We We did have a discussion about Farrell. We had a discussion about Thunderbolt Patterson in the hotel room. Yeah. Okay. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I told him I wasn't a big fan of Thunderbolt okay. Patterson. Yeah. What did you tell me, Tony? But, but he was a main eventer. Yeah. Yeah. He was a electrified. He had charisma. But you, but you told, you told me you didn't Buffett. see Thunderbolt in his prime. Using, the reason they stopped using him, the reason they stopped using him was his attitude. Mm. Wow. The reason they stopped using Tony Atlas because of the attitude. They got a business to run. That's what this kid don't understand. Mark Henry is a businessman. Mark Henry and long the checks were coming. And they never did nothing to hurt Mark. What did they do to, to hurt him? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing. Thoughts on Ahmed Johnson while we're on bad attitudes behind the scenes? Any any thoughts That's on? Well, she there they agree. See, some people feel that the world owes them something. Okay. And unfortunately, for a lot of my people, they think they owe them something for slavery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like right. I saw the shirt that he was complaining about. Mm-hmm. I don't see what he see. Interesting. He said it was racist. I I I, I look at it, I, I I don't see what is racist about it. I mean, somebody gonna make a shirt of you. Look at the bootio. You know, funny-looking, yeah. fat album-looking guy. Yeah, yeah okay, they yeah, yeah. They put a freaking Yeah, they, wait, wait, they complained all the way to the bank with millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, yeah. we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then Farrow's going to close us out because we're almost out of time. Farrow's got a list of questions he could ask. He's going to only choose one. Okay. So we'll oh, be right no. back after this uh, after this commercial break. Tuned. I'm on Mark Henry's side. Monty Nafara, Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast scene here every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV in Ron Conkham in New York. As promised, we have Hall of Famer, superstar, Mr. Tony Atlas, who's a frequent visitor to the Monty Nafaro show. We love having him here. We're almost out of time. The star of the show will choose one question for Mr. Atlas to answer before we close out. Farrow, it's all yours, brother. Well, my apologies to our producer because my question is not on the page. There you go, Well, Farrell. when... It screws us over right That's Matt. right. The king of Bam. improv. Work with me, brother. Here we go. <laughs> I have to know this. When you were doing the blow and you blew it, and they were going to make you world champion, were they going to turn you heel against Bob Backlund? No. Wait a minute. Was Bob going to be turned heel? Someone yeah. had to... Be- Bob Backlund was going to be a heel. Makes sense. He How? was a heel. How did we given any... Because, because they saw that he was not getting over... See, the world changed. Not Bob. The world changed. Sure. Attitudes were shifting. Attitudes were shifting. No doubt. By the 80s, people started disliking the good guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It started started with Derry (laughs) Harris. Remember Derry Harris? Mm -hmm. Sure. Derry Harris with the bad. The cop broke all the rules. They loved them. You take Terminator. Sure. They loved them. Sure. You know, they came to kill human. They loved them. The, The bad guy started becoming the hero. Attitude Earl mm-hmm. with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh yeah. So by the time Steve Austin came on site, people was ready for this, this, this badass. Were you See, given? Were and you... Then what happened? People got tired. They used to call uh, uh, Bob Backlund how they do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He we was did nice. all the time. They got tired yeah. of the nice guy. Mm-hmm. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Were you given any Hogan, details how he was going to change? The, they turned. The, they started liking the heel. Hogan right. was a heel. Right. He was not a baby face. Right. The, the people turned Hogan. Look at people love Ric Flair. Now. He was a heel for, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, he was a freaking baby face. They started liking the bad guys more than the good guys. Did, and I saw it in the late 70s when fans would come and would boo the good guy and cheer the bad guy. Mm-hmm. We, we thought they were trying to be assholes, to be honest with you. But the world changed. Did Graham start a lot of that superstar Graham? Because he was pretty popular for a bad guy. Who is that? Superstar Billy Graham. Yeah. 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 They loved him. Yeah. They loved him. He bragged. Rick Flair, they loved him. Mm-hmm. And they started liking 
like in, in wrestling, they want to see the bad guy. Right. They, 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 the, the, the good guy was born as crap to Were them. you ever given any details on how Backlund was going to turn heel? I'm just so curious about no, this. No, because what ended up happening, I left before he got off the ground. Uh. Me and Backlund had one match. It was in Baltimore, Maryland, and I won. Really? Okay. Title match. Uh, uh, you pinned him? You pinned him? No, no. What happened? I leapfrogged him. <laughs> I, I leapfrogged him, and Backlund raised up, and his head hit me in the crotch. And and they and they DQ Backlund and raised my hand. Wow, interesting. And we wow. Come back for the rematch after we dropped the title, but it was already working towards that. Wow. Lou Albano said, "Tony, if you don't mess up, Freddie Blassett and Lou Albano said, if you don't mess up, he said you got the green light. They going all the way with you. Okay. All the way with you. Okay. This had planned, and I think that's what made them so angry at me." It because I walked, they lost millions of dollars when I'd done that. Right. And, and the territory kind of was hurt for a long time until okay. Hogan came back. Right. See? Right. And then Hogan came back and revitalized things. So they found a person, Vince found a person. He wasn't as talented as the other wrestler. He wasn't as good a wrestler, but he was dependable. Right. If, wait, uh, wait okay. let me get one in. All right, Go and I'm, we could get a picture of Max. I'm going to get it oh, right. Okay. I, I have to get a picture of it. Okay. <laughs> what do you know about the Ring Boy scandal Why? back in Ooh. the the Ring Boy scandals in the eighties? Oh, well, the guy that they, the guy that they, they the, the guy they crucified had nothing to do with it. Uh, Mel Phillips. See, Mel Phillips was a go for it. Go for this. Go, go for, for that. that. Go for this. And so, right, what okay. Mel Fuller would do, he would go and get young boys for to satisfy some of the people in the office that had a fantasy for young boys. Who would those uh, be? Who would that be, Tony? Well, from what I hear, I mean, I wasn't in office. What I hear, you could just guess. Yeah, yeah. but from what I hear, it, it was for Pat Patterson. From what I hear, pee-pee. okay. Yeah, so, go for for Pat. Well, he was he was a go for for everybody. That was his job. Okay. That, you know, and, and, and he ran the rain crew. And he would get these young boys, and uh, and you know, and from what I hear, they had a, some stuff going on in the room, and I guess word got back to one of the kids' parents who went home bragging about all the gifts and stuff he was oh getting boy. for this pro wrestling. Oh boy! What Jeez. picture did you put up for this anyway? Yeah, I don't even want to know. Matt missed. He put up the Von Erich picture. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get. I gotta get one more. All right, one more. We're close to the shelf. Stay pending. It is. It never, it never went to trial. I had no idea. Wow. Remember the show on TV, Patterson hiding, and they're, putting, they're, they're trying to talk to him? He hid in his house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vince almost lost the company behind that. Hmm. That was, that was big stuff. He stood by Pat, though. One, one last question before we let you go, and thank you once again for coming down and being a friend to the show. We really appreciate it. Last question. Okay, Tony Atlas is going to be given the world title. Are you still on this? Bob, I, I, I got to know. <laughs> Bob Backlund is turning heel. What happens if that night, the night you're supposed to be champion, what if Bob decided to go into business for himself? Can you still take that title from him? Or was Backlund as bad of an, bad of an M.O. as we've heard? I, I mean, It's actually a pretty good question. I mean, would you be able to take it from him if Bob didn't want you to take it from him? If I got my hand on him? Okay. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Backlund was very tough, though, legit tough, though. Well, right? he was very tough. Okay. In a wrestling match, Backlund would beat me. That okay. reason I say, I had a 650 bench. Man. The heaviest man I ever left over my head was 460. Mm. Backlund weighed about wow. 250. Right. 
To me, that's curling weight. Right. I used to He's look a at people. Weight. In my younger days, that's how I used to fight. I used to right. look at people as weight. Right. So I figure if I could lift you, I could beat you. Okay. Vince McMahon gave me that idea senior. He said, Tony, if you could press slam him, you could pin him. Mm. That's how come I got to pin Sergeant Slaughter. That's how come I got to pin Huck Hogan. You beat them all, man. You did. That's what Vince Senior told me. He said, everybody you you could press slam, I want you to pin them. And he told him. He said, if Tony gets you up, you let him pin you. Unless Patera at Shea Stadium and he's running away and you don't get the belt. You see, yeah, I but, remember but, this stuff. But, but, but that, that would be I had the green light. Yeah. He said, yeah. if you could get him up there, Tony, you could pin him. Mm. Right. Backler, or anybody, not just Backler, I, I would have picked him up like this. And I would have threw him six feet into the audience. Well, with that, I want to thank Mr. Tony Atlas for coming into studio. What a great interview. Holy cow. So much pick up, so much covered. <laughs> yeah, you can pick up Bob Backler. You can pick up, up everybody, Bobby. brother. Not now. But Not back, now? But back then, back in 1980, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. I know y'all run out of time. If SD was here, he'd tell the same thing. Two things happened to <laughs> pro football players with wrestlers. Number one, the Pittsburgh still a couple of guys came in the dressing room and started giving Bruno Sammartino oh, yeah. some crap. Mm-hmm. Bruno kicked the shit out of him in the dressing room. Right. Two football players. Yep. We went to the – they had a, 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 a bar that upstairs they had like a balcony where you could look down on the dance floor. Some guy – I was dancing with a girl, and he talking about, that's my girl. I said, well, she worth me now. So the guy, the, the, the guy said, well – I'm a football. I play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and what we do is for real. What y'all do is fake. I'm sitting in my chair. I grabbed him. I pressed him on my head. I walked him over to the balcony, and SD tell me don't throw him. I was going to throw him off the balcony. Oh, my God. <laughs> Roughing, Mr. USA. I had him up just like this. I was going to throw him. Another true story, if you ever talk to him, he tell you, Wilm Pear Refrigerator. Yeah. I was in the ring with him. I, I've got to bring you the picture. I got the picture. If you, if you see the picture, you ain't going to believe it. They see the picture. We're in WrestleMania 2. Real yeah. Perry, the refrigerator. Yep. So I locked up with him. He go, hey, you're pretty strong. I said, yeah. <laughs> I think. So I picked him up like this. Oh my God. He said, this is his word. He said, don't you know this is stage? <laughs> <laughs> I said, ain't nobody told me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That oh my god! Well, that, that's what I, said. What was that? <laughs> I got the picture of him doing this. That is hilarious. That's great. Him up like this, and he like this. Now that's you know great. I'm gonna go look at that that, oh, that battle royal now and oh. go watch that. And you know no this? Doubt. That's why no he doubt. mentioned me when they inducted him in the Hall of Fame. Unbelievable. He said, "I'm so glad to be here with Tony Atlas." Yeah. Because he came back to Dresden and he said. I thought you were going to pick me up and throw me out of the <laughs> ring. He said, I've never been so scared in all the days of my life. He said, I never had nobody could pick me up that easy. Jesus. Unreal. If you go watch that match, Vince tried to block me as much as he can. But if you watch the Perry, just watch Perry when he go over that corner. And then every wrestler, every wrestler in that ring ran over to get me out. Wow. You know what <laughs> He's going to kill the see, fridge. See the rough we got. Get him out. Yeah, where the rough we got are earplugs. Yeah. Microphones in the ear. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as I went to pick up Real Perry, <laughs> Vince told everybody, get him the hell out of there. You... He did the same thing to me in uh, the Royal Rumble. Really? I, I had this thing about me that I would say, yes, I'm going to lose. 
Yes, I do that. But then I get in the ring. Yeah. And then you're like, once I'm in that ring, yeah. forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. You know, one time when they, when they, when they, when he asked me to put over somebody, I said, oh, yeah. I do it. It, it, it was Hercules. I, yeah, I do it. Vince said, oh, okay. I got in the ring. I told Hercules. You think Vince would learn by now? No. no. I, I told Hercules, I said, well, he figured they could whoop me. That's why. That's weird reasoning. They I had muscle, but okay. they didn't have no strength. But you had muscle, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, Muscle, because you got muscle on me, you got strength. That's true. Like Dominic Danucci. Dominic has strength. There you go. Thank you. A lot Dominic. of guys didn't have no muscle. The strongest guy we met in this business was a guy called John Leather Jonathan. Mm. No muscles, but strong as a ox. Mm. Strong ligaments. Crusher Blackwell mm. was another very, very strong person. Well, the dude was 800 pounds. No, I he mean, wasn't. It no, was four. You, you, no, no, <laughs> yeah, so Crusher was only like five foot eight. Yeah, eight hundred pounds. No, no, drop no he kick, weighed though. about three fifty, but he was only five eight, so it made him look like a butter. Oh, so he wasn't and, as heavy. And as he butter. could jump up and drop kick you in the yeah, face. Yeah, he could. <laughs> look at Bam Bam Bigelow, the way he would run up and jump on the rope. I see a lot of guys that when you look at them, you wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think it, right? Danny Hodge, Danny Hodge could walk up to a any boat and unscrew it with his finger. He used to get mad when they used to put him on first match. He would go in the shower and tighten up the shower, and nobody could take a shower that night. I'll teach them. <laughs> All his strength was in his head. Ask guys about Danny Hard. Boy, the headlocks must have been a bitch. The there was wrestling. When, when Vince was bringing him back, Vince stopped bringing him because he was scaring the other wrestlers. He was an old man there. Yeah. He's only like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, but Danny Hart, Bruno Sabatino never took a steroid a day in his life. Right. Bruno would walk to the gym. Put 565 pounds on the bar and started working out with him. How about Kofi Kingston? That guy's strong, too. What? Go on, Tone. <laughs> There's a flat chest in Hoboken. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I want to thank Tony Atlas for being in studio. Next week, we've got the WWE's own Johnny Photo. That was cruel. Johnny Photo <laughs> will be in studio, Johnny. Hey. will be in the house. You can catch Monty and the Pharaoh on YouTube, Facebook Live on the Monty and the Pharaoh page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Channel 115 every Tuesday from 8.30 to 9 p.m. for the early risers, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. And you will catch Tony tomorrow on RTF Sports Network on the drive time from 6 to 7 and cable this week. Tony, it's always a pleasure. We love you, my friend. Thank you, Tony. I'd like to say one more thing to people before I live. I was raised, I was blessed to be raised in the greatest country in, in the world, the United States of America. And one thing I know that what made this country so great, it don't matter if you're black, white, blue or green don't matter if you christian muslim catholic religion color job description none of that matter one thing about us america when things get tough we pull together that's why they called us the united states of america not the divided states of america i don't care if you're democrat or republican or what your religion or, or, or what your political feeling are right now we're in a crisis all americans need to get uh, together, support each other. Support your president. I don't care if you like him or dislike him. Right now, he's our leader. We have to go with him, and we got to wish him the best. Because remember, he's the captain of the ship. If, if, uh, if, if he fail, we fail. So no matter if it's Obama in office or President Trump in office 
or if Joe Biden get office, whoever's in office during a time of crisis, this is the time for Americans to put together, support each other, do what they do, whatever you can to keep each other safe. Pray for those that had lost loved ones. I mean, I'm just so blessed that I have not lost a family member to this virus. It's for real. It's nothing to take for a joke. But if what's going to get us through this and if us to stay strong, believe, believe in yourself. And I live by this motto. I kneel for God and I stand for the flag. Nice. Wow. Nice. With thank that, you. You. I want to thank Matt. Another great job producing the show. I want to thank Indie Music TV for producing us. We love being here. It's like a real television studio, right, Mr. Atlas? Gorgeous. Absolutely wonderful. Thank what I'm going to do, I'm going to get my boys later on today. We're going to pop that lot. We're coming here. We're going to steal this studio and put it in my baseball. <laughs> there he goes. Very good. <laughs> I want to thank you for joining. Take off running, get shot by a shotgun. I want to thank you for joining Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. This is Mike Monty. This is the Pharaoh. Until next week with Johnny Photo. Johnny Photo. Later.